a song that Tim likes to play. As a matter of fact, you went through a little rut there where you played this all the time. Every stinking show. Oh. It just started to get annoying. Yeah, I know. It'd be like it's a, a mashup ABBA song. <laughs> it's such an awesome song. Foy Vance. If you like that tune. That's when are we getting him? Stop it. Alright. Is the High Priest of Satan not enough for you to have on the show? Well, you know, maybe him and Foy would satisfy me. <laughs> Folks, uh, growing up, Emily Armstrong was a perfectionist and a gifted kid who got beat up a lot in school. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she became a Baha'i in college and started dating a uh, hostile agnostic shortly after converting. Trying to balance those two things, she eventually gave up her spiritual efforts in defeat and decided that making money was more important. Then Emily started uh, getting into a quick, rich scheme, populating sites with porn links. Populating sites with porn links. Never, thought, never thought I'd say that. Yeah. But actually, made no money at all. And uh, then Emily and her uh, hostile agnostic boyfriend, which I just love that moniker, Hab, in other words, uh, were invited to in an introduction to Christianity course called Al- Alpha. And uh, she went for all 10 weeks. And uh, eventually, started reading the Bible. And then creepy s- stuff started happening. One night, she was scared so much that she decided to become a Christian. And now she deals every day with three kids, epilepsy, and homeschooling. Speaking of scary things. Yeah, I know. That's what a lot of people say. Homeschooling. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Your story hit Christianity Today. It did. And I had someone say to me, Jim Beverly from Tyndale, said, you need to get Emily on the show. And um, well, I, well, thank you to him. Yeah. Well, you don't know that yet. Well, uh-oh. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> you said you'd be nice to me. No, I lied. Oh, no. I'm doomed. I lied. Um, I have so many questions about your story. I really do. Uh, first of all, in our bio, I may have got something wrong because you sent me a point form thing, and I tried to put it in sort of a contextually oh, okay. satisfying paragraph. And uh, we said here that um, you went for all 10 weeks, but the hostile agnostic just said, that's nice, good for you. Who said that's nice, good oh, for we, you? Oh, we both kind of said that. You what, both said what that. What happened was um, we had a friend who decided all of a sudden to become a Christian. And we were completely shocked because he was one of those guys with shiny shirts who went to the club. And <laughs> so we were just stunned. And he said, oh, you got to come to my church. It's this alpha thing. And he invited um, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, oh, there's this Christian discussion group thing. So he comes to me and says, well, there's this Christian discussion group thing. And I'm thinking like a half hour at his church and there'll be pop and cookies. And, and then we show up and they say, well, welcome. This is 10 weeks. And I look at my boyfriend going, you did not say that this was 10 weeks. Did you smack him? I, I gave him a face. Yeah. 
the, the, the eyeballs. The stink face. Yeah. 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 So you told Aaron off. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. All right. Let's I'm sure he's never heard that before. No, that's been yeah, the first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, let's go back. Let's go way back. Okay. The way back machine. Let, let's go to um, the fact that growing up, you did your best to control all factors that could sabotage sabotage perfection. That's right. See, a lot of kids who are identified by that little test in grade three, where they're way up on the curve, mm-hmm. uh, they develop imposter syndrome. And other, you know, gifted kids who are listening, they'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, you you kind of feel, or at least I did, like you have to keep it all up, hmm. you know, and make sure that nobody knows that you're not really as smart as... They think you. Yeah. I can relate. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, this 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 whole my best to to control all factors uh, that could sabotage perfection, that would preclude you coming today. Yeah, I, I had to get over that. I'm 34 years old, so I think I've grown at least a little bit since then. Well, good for you. I'm so glad. Yeah. You got into Baha'i because you had friends who were into Baha'i. That's right. Um, I had uh, friends, and obviously their parents, um, who were raised in Baha'i homes, and I was familiar with them uh, in the small town that I'd grown up in, and that was sort of um, a a culture that I I knew was uh, safe to explore when I went off to college. I didn't really know anybody when I went off to college, and so that was a group that I started spending time with, and... uh, the more I learned, the more it seemed like it was right and true and Baha'u'llah was who he said he was, and I decided to commit to it. For those who have just heard Baha'i because they used to listen to Seals and Crofts, (laughs) or they've watched my interview with Rain Wilson from The Office, which is on our website, drewmarshall.ca. Go to uh, drewmarshall.ca and click on DrewTube, and you will watch a split screen of Rain Wilson from The Office and myself talk about his life and a little bit of the Baha'i stuff. What's Baha'i? Because I think most people default to, they, they kind of put it into that, oh, it's one of them uh, one of them kumbaya uh, groups. One of, or one of those wishy-washy, all, yeah, all, all religion kind of, and then they, and they like beaches. Uh, walking on the sand and, and well, hippie clothes and stuff. And, and I think that certainly there have been some people that I have known that were Baha'i who, who probably fit that category. But the, and obviously somebody like Rain Wilson, who lived as a Baha'i for significantly longer than I ever did, would be able to speak more clearly on So how this. long were you in it for? I was in it for a grand total of four years, but I really wasn't that active. Right. So is it still a – yeah, because you – yeah. But I, is it still a struggle for you to define what Baha'i is? Like can you just sort of concisely give us a little snapshot? Well, the it grew out of Islamic culture in the 16th century – or sorry, in the 19th century, not the 16th century. That's a okay. long, long time. That's a long time ago. Um, uh, there was a, a merchant during that time who claimed to be the long-awaited Bob, which means gate, um, the gate to the knowledge of the 12th Imam. And just before he was executed, he appointed one of his followers as his successor. And that guy's half-brother would declare himself Baha'u'llah, which translates literally as the glory of God. And is that God? Or what's the, what's the difference between God and the glory of God? Well... Uh, Baha'is believe that Baha'u'llah is the latest version of what's called the manifestations of God. Right. So um, 
before 1863, which was when this religion was founded, um, they believed that there were other manifestations of God that came during different time periods. So right. Adam, Noah, Krishna, Moses, Abraham, Zoroaster, which I always found really confusing that yeah. Zoroaster was thrown in there. Yes. Buddha, Jesus, uh, Muhammad, and then the Kurt Bob. Cobain. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's after oh, okay. 1863, right, so right, he didn't right. fit in there. Joseph Smith is not in there, though. Hmm. I, I think that, that I fa- always found that interesting as well. Um, and they believe that Baha'u'llah is the final and complete manifestation for this age. And so they believe in the unity of all religions and that they all come from the same source. And the manifestations of God um, are reflections of God's glory. Why didn't you stay in it? There were a few different reasons. Um, one is I started dating a guy who thought it was all Mystic Baloney. Mystic Baloney, that's a good name for a band. <laughs> Mystic baloney boyfriend said, uh, whatever. You know, and, and you I, started loving on your boyfriend more uh, than Baha'u'llah. Uh, oh, Baha'u'llah. I sure did. Well, I really tried to make it work. I tried to go, okay, well, if I just take him to these events, then, you know, then he'll figure this out and then we'll be on the same page. And, and every time we left an event, he was like, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that, that, nope. And then we go back. Nope. Still weird, Emily. Still weird. You know what we should do instead? Have sex. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... That really became more appealing than fasting and praying. And you think? And yeah, go figure. <laughs> Seventeen-year-old goes to college. Yeah, preach, girl, preach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, what's no. this, what's this obligatory morning prayer? Why was that such a pain? Is it really long? Like, is it like fifteen-minute-long prayer or something? Well, there there's different sizes of prayers. You can either pray uh, sizes one. of prayers. Yeah, there's different. Yeah, there's different lengths of ones. So you can do. I one thought when it came to prayer, size didn't matter. You know, I think that's probably not something that's in one of the scriptures. That is the theologically faith. true, I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I would affirm that, yeah. that, that the size doesn't matter in prayers. But um, what I was trying to do was I, I really wanted to say the long obligatory prayer in the morning and then get it done for the day. Right. But if you can't do that, then there's a three times a day one that you can do. And if you really can't do that, then there's like a little itty bitty one, which is the drive by prayer. A little bit. To me, it felt like a you failed, try again tomorrow prayer. <laughs> right. Okay, got it. Help me understand ceremonial washings, or do I want to know? You know what? I could never figure it out. I read somewhere that we were supposed to do, be doing ablutions, uh, similar to what uh, people in Islam do, but right. I couldn't. There was nobody in the the local group who was really willing or able to, mm-hmm. to teach me anything about that. And so that was... You know, another thing I didn't know how to do, and and really that did not help with my um, wanting to do it right, wanting to do it perfectly. In the article I read in Christianity Today, there was a line that kind of stood out for me. After graduation and two years of living with A.A. Ron, (laughs) I was still living without an anchor. I decided to take greater control of my life by becoming debt-free. Still living without an anchor. Like, how serious of a human being were you at that point in time? I was always a very serious human being. But why? I don't understand the (laughs) anchor. What is the... It's not as though you were some... I wanted certainty. I wanted to... I wanted to know whether or not there was a God for a time. And then, you know, after giving up on the Baha'i faith and and really was, you know, giving up and, okay, I quit because I can't do this well enough. I can't do it. So, so I'm done. Um... I just, I really felt like spiritually I was floating. And I guess that that's what I mean by 
by living without an anchor. Does that? Do you, yeah, but do you think that your tribal conditioning early in life, when you were part of a youth group, had any impact on 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 this journey? Because uh, you were part of a youth group, were you not? Yeah, I, I was, but I was one of those kids who faked it to hang out with the nice Christian kids. Have you spent your whole life faking? Yeah, I really did. Trying to be perfect. Yeah, that's right? what I can. And, and I figured out, and, and, you know, no disrespect to these kids' parents, but, but I really liked all these kids who were in the Christian youth group. And I knew that their parents only wanted their kids hanging out with kids who were a certain way. Yeah. Right? So kids who didn't dress weird, kids who didn't smoke, kids who didn't do anything that was wrong, you know. And so I learned to play that, that part during that time, time period. So I, I really did spend a lot of my early years um, – yeah, playing playing perfect. Hmm. Okay, well, it's really stressful. What is playing perfect? Being, yeah, being, I decided not to do it no, anymore. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not sure I've ever <laughs> tried that. But so I want to get into the weird part of your story. But before we get into the weird part of story, let's talk about porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because on a Christian radio station, well, it's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had porn stars on here before and have become good friends with one and. Um, but no, I mean you. You know, you didn't get into porn. What you did was you got into the. You know, there was some quick uh, the tech tech side. Tech okay. side, get yeah. rich. You know, if you just help us uh, place these uh, pop up ads or whatever, then yeah, then you'll be fabulously wealthy beyond your right. wildest dreams. Yeah, I'd read an article around the time when I was uh, twenty one or so that it was an article about. Um, how people were getting rich working for this company populating sites. And I was like, well, gosh, I'd like to be rich. That sounds something like something right up my alley. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I started. Nobody knew, though. I didn't tell people at dinner parties or anything well, what like did you that. Say? Again, faking. Yeah, absolutely. That was... Would have been a lot funner if you said I'm in porn. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, my goodness. But what, did, no. what would it matter? It's not like you're hanging out with the Jesus crowd. I... It was just the principle of the thing. Yeah. You know, and, and the interesting thing was, you know, I had this idea that, like, well, I have standards, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, out here, I had standards. Yeah. Inside, not, not so much. All right. So the uh, making money thing didn't work. It didn't work. The Baha'i didn't work. The, it didn't work. The faking uh, with different tribes didn't work. Didn't work. So then you get invited to um, listen to Nikki British Gumble. Yes. Ah. Who looks a lot like Robert Tilton. Can I just say? Who? Bring him up on the screen. You'll know what I'm All talking right. about. All right. He's the farting preacher, speaking of. Did we talk about that? Fart. Look I, I've never heard of the farting <laughs> preacher. Was it Robert? Robert Tilton. Tilton. They have the same hair. Nikki would absolutely lose his nut if I did that comparison, if you ever found out. But anyway, um, so you go to the Alpha course, and at the end of the course, you... Right? Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at that picture, and maybe just a little. Do you see the hair, though? Yeah. The nicely yeah, coiffed, it's, curly. It's kind of it's a, like a. It's not quite vanilla ice, no. but it's <laughs> it's up and over. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Anyway, um, you took the Alpha course, and then you signed up. Did you go to the Holy Spirit weekend? Did they have one of those? No, no. Well, sorry, they had one, but that was just outside yeah. of our outside of our box. And uh, I was like, nope, I don't think. And, and some people did come back Christians, which really freaked us out. Right. You know, like, what did they do to you people? Yeah. They must have brainwashed you people. You know, and, and so you didn't sign up after that? No, we, we said, well, thanks very much for inviting us. We went for the full 10 weeks and said, well, you know, that was fun. But that, we're not really interested. You know, but now we understand what you believe. And a few months went by. And then... And dun-dun-dun-dun. Uh, then <laughs> I supply my own musical soundtrack. You don't have to do anything. Tim, just relax, buddy. We don't need sound effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially from Robert Tilton. <laughs> yes? So what happened? 
Um, my boyfriend, who's by then my fiance, decided he was going to go out and buy a Bible. Just oh, to prove uh, to, that it's wrong. To prove that you know that is wrong, and that he could make fun of it properly. You know, because there's right. no you can't make fun of Christians if you don't know what they believe. Right. So. You know, it was pure, purely um, a, a uh, scientific exercise, right, <laughs> okay, yeah. for him. Yeah. And uh, I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll buy one too. And, and at the time, we actually lived just down the street from a Christian bookstore. So we were literally able to go walk down. And a few years later, it closed. So it was just there during that brief period yeah. of time yeah. that we were able to go, go and pick up some Bibles. You could have just stolen one from a hotel, you know. I could, yeah. That would have been a lot of extra effort. It would have been. It, w- yeah. it would have been. Okay. And some weird stuff started to happen. Like what? Like what? Um, I started getting so many un- unknown number hang-up calls. It was like out of a like out of a horror movie. Like just one. Could after, you hear one somebody on the other end, or was no, it, it just was some automated a, it was, call it thing? It was that... just the boo, like the the. Oh, and then the hang up. up. It would just as soon as I picked it up. But why is that not scary? It's scary when you're alone in the house and there's like twenty of them in a row. Yeah, that'd be a little weird. Yeah, it was. It was more than a little weird, and. Um, my boyfriend started. Boyfriend, fiance, fiance at this point. In time. At this Come on, point. let's get the story straight. Start, yeah, there's only one of them, honestly. <laughs> My boyfriend and fiance. <laughs> yeah, no. The um, he started uh, having really fitful sleep, as if he was fighting somebody, and he was waking up with scratches on his body that I did not put there. That some that they were just they were just there in the morning. As he scratched himself. He was he, having a fit and no. and reach and doing. I'm he, trying he not to get wigged out here, if you don't mind. Just let me come up with some plausible um, answers. We would – well, and, and there's there's certain things that – I mean, you're not required to believe me, obviously. But uh, we'd wake up at 3 in the morning terrified for no reason at all. Both of us would be. And we did Hold didn't, on, hold on, hold on. You woke up at the same time, looked at each other and went, are you scared? Yep. Are you scared? Yeah, yep. Yeah, that would actually that would actually happen. So you wouldn't wake him up and go, are you scared? You we were both We were awake. both waking up at the same time and going, why, like, I'm freaking out. Where and, were you living? We were just, we were, we had actually just bought a house. Um, Do you think a, it was a, a spooky haunted house thing or something? Or? I hope not. <laughs> but we were really afraid of, of going to the back of the house. Why? I don't know. That's the thing is we just had this, a sense that there was something back there. And we didn't tell each other that at the time. He you mean like a back room or the backyard? Uh, well, the, ba- the back of the house, it, it was an old house, so everything that was water-related was back there. So the kitchen and the bathroom were oh, all right. back. So you never went to the kitchen? It was really, really hard to have to go pee and not feel like you could go. It's hard to pee when you're scared. It's hard to pee when you're scared. That sounds like a But it's song. also... <laughs> That would be a great country song. <laughs> Next time I'll bring my ukulele and I can do this in song instead. Uh, you know, so we'd feel like, you know, I, I'd feel like I need to go to the bathroom, but I was afraid that there was something back there. Like I'd look in the mirror and there would be, be something what? that I didn't want to see. I don't know. But you never saw anything in the mirror. But I, well, every once in a while I would see things that weren't real things. And uh, I know that sounds really bizarre. Were you preconditioned through the through the Jesus stuff that was happening, and they were they were kind of they talk about evil and Satan and demons and you stuff. know what? I don't remember enough about the course right. to be able to answer that. Does Baha'i talk about that stuff? Not the people that I associated with. Right. That, that were you big horror movie thing. watchers? No, no. Me and Aaron were not big horror movie watchers. What about uh, drugs? <laughs> no. Okay. No, that was part of me being a perfectionist. No drugs, no alcohol. No horror movies. No, no horror, horror movies. No horror movies, no. absolutely. 
and no yeah. kitchen. <laughs> what was the scariest moment? Because you had a bunch of things, the phone calls, the scratching, the wake up in yeah. the middle of the night scared. The absolute scariest moment. The scariest moment was at, um, one night I woke up and Aaron was leaning halfway up off the bed as if someone was pulling him up by his shoulder. And I mean, it was a, it was the kind of position that would be impossible for him to really do with any comfort and still be sleeping. He, he was very much like, like uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do actual physical motions on the radio. Sorry, I forgot. It, helped, it helped us. <laughs> I don't care about the. I, I, as if someone was pulling. I completely understand now. <laughs> Thank you. So it, it's like someone was pulling. Pulling up, up by up his from shoulder. behind, uh, like his one shoulder. Like someone so he's was twisted gr- a bit. Yeah, so yeah. he's twisted a bit. And it really felt like someone was there doing that. And so I go away. Really. So you woke up and saw him in that position? I woke and up. What and was, were his eyes open or closed? Uh, he was facing away from me. So you never saw his face? I never saw. I didn't see his face at that point. And then he laid down. And uh, then after that, he turned toward me. Mm-hmm. And it was dark, but, that w- but it was not his face. <laughs> That's the part where everybody. I think I just peed a little. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. I know. Get out the synth music, yes. right? For the should I put up a little bit of Bach right now? Ah, uh, Bach. I don't think you should do that um, uh, for real. <sighs> that was scary, and uh, as it says in the Christianity Today article, uh, I screamed, mm-hmm. and then Aaron's normal face came back and said, "What? What? What is it? Your face had changed," and I was really upset. And um, I, I really felt at that point I had a choice: I could either go crazy. Or I could ask Jesus to save me from all this nuttiness that was happening. That it really felt like there were demons attacking us. And I know that's a very controversial thing to say, but mm-hmm. that's really what it felt like. It really, I really feel it was a supernatural experience. And so I asked Jesus to save me. And that feeling of being oppressed and that feeling of, of fear lifted and there was this moment of clarity for me that this is actually true this is actually real jesus is actually who he said he was and that that oppression stopped after that um yes well i'm looking at me it's hard to follow that no i'm processing it because i have i I, you know i don't believe Confusing. So you're saying that you don't you don't believe you're not required to believe? No, no, and I okay. no, no, and I know That's that. Right. And I, no, I thank you. I I appreciate that, and I um. But you know the fact that you defaulted to Jesus stuff when you were being messed around with with evil stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of go back to uh, M. Scott Peck, who wrote the book People of the Lie, which is a great book about evil, and his um, the thing he talks about is um. People say, well, did so-and-so do this because of supernatural evil or because of mental illness? And he says, the question is faulty. The question should be, did so-and-so do this because of mental illness and supernatural evil or because of mental illness? Mm-hmm. So he says that mental illness is always a part, always a part of, uh, of evil. And, um, and so I think I just called you mentally ill. It's not what I'm where I, what I no, really am. No, but you I'm know not. what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if people do go there, particularly because I have epilepsy now. Um, you know, the brain is a very strange thing. And so I'm not, I would not be surprised at all if people yeah, were to and not even mentally ill, but I had the, some sort of... Sure, your brain did some brain weird break. tricky thing or something. Yeah. 
Because the subconscious mind is a weird thing. We just talked about this the other week. Mm -hmm. It remembers everything you see, everything you hear, and treats it as truth. Mm -hmm. And when you're sleeping or half asleep, uh, your subconscious mind is kicking into gear. It's still working, right? Your your conscious mind is taking a nap. Mm -hmm. Your subconscious is still rock and rolling. You know, and I think Hollywood also has an impact on us. You know, I was waiting for you to say the power of Christ compels thee or something. Yeah, yeah, that... I, I don't think that uh, that would have worked if I wasn't does a Christian. It, does it bother so, you that people just go really? You, you know, seem it does, like such a normal person. <laughs> I, you know, and then they go, yeah. and then they back away slowly. Yeah. You know what? It it, it did hurt a few uh, the first few times, and and this is not a story that I tell all the time. Well, it is it, now. Well, it is now. Ta-da! It's out there. Um, you know, and then there's a reason that I waited over ten years to really talk about yeah. a lot of this stuff. Uh, because we did tell some people at first, and they all went, oh, that's, that's great, we're happy for you. And, and then we wouldn't hear from them again, or, or we would, you know, have a, a lot of distance, um, you know, emotionally, or, or just, you know, we wouldn't hang out as much. And, mm-hmm. and that was, honestly, that hurt. <laughs> and uh, So you, you, because you did the, hey, help me, Jesus, and, and I think bad things went away, I mean, that's yep. some pretty quick math right there. Yep. You, you, that convinced you. You sort of said at that point, yep. you know what? This, Jesus, this, Jesus, is the, this, Jesus is the king of the universe. I believe it. Where do I sign up? Where, right? yep. Let me call Nikki. Nikki <laughs> I, I didn't call Nikki Gumbel. No. Because <laughs> the, then you could, that like, was you a, could that teach That would be a long distance call <clears throat> that I would not be able to afford. Did your, what did you call him again? Your, your, um, hold on. I got to read what I said here. Your, um, yeah. Hostile agnostic fiance. Did he? Did he sign up for the Jesus stuff too? He actually did, and it was it was a long uh, it was a long few seconds actually because I wasn't sure what he was going to do. What do you mean long? It you was both, a long that few night. Se- you both said all because right, Jesus. He, because he uh, and if you go to his website bloggingtheologically.com, he has his own version of, of our testimony on there, and um, he he remembers feeling a physical weight on his chest hmm. during that time and he fe- remembers feeling that lift when he asked Christ to save him and that was just uh, yeah a few seconds after me but those were a long few seconds and I wasn't sure whether we were going to stay together whether our relationship was going to end because I mean he could have said well thank I'm glad you feel better honey and yeah good night good night you know, and that and that's it. Uh, but yeah, he asked Jesus to save him too. So then we turned to each other and, well, we're we're Christians now. Uh, what, do we, what do we do? Okay, have you ever had uh, scary, evil stuff happen post signing on the dotted line for Jesus? No, I've had um, sort of uh, you know feelings of depression and anxiety every mm. once in a while. And, That's uh, called marriage. Yeah. Wah, Just wah. kidding. Same um, my own sound effects. So, uh, um, can I? I just want to get to another point in the story, which which kind of might it makes me sad to be honest. Um, I am so sorry that you lost a baby. Oh, thank you. How long ago was that? That was uh, between my first and second child. I have to do the math here. So it would have been about seven years ago. Miscarriage. Yes, we had a miscarriage. And you almost died as well. I did almost die. Uh, they prescribed me uh, mesoprostol in the hospital, which was supposed to, I was supposed to be able to go home and uh, have the miscarriage at home. And it was supposed to just be neat and tidy and, and finished up. Um, it, it didn't happen like that. Uh, I ended up losing lots and lots of blood and having to go to the hospital and uh, and stay overnight for you know for a few nights and uh, 
Where, was, where was Jesus scary. there? He, I really feel he was there with me. Really? It was certainly scary. I didn't like it. I wouldn't want to go through it again. But were you not calling out to Jesus to save your baby? I, the baby was already gone. Hmm. And, and I think that that was, um, that was certainly a thing that uh, was hard to go through. Um, I know a lot of people go, why, God, why? Um, and and they certainly are within their rights to do that. But I remember just feeling, well, this is, this is really sad. And I would like my baby to not die. But by the time they discovered that the baby was gone, the baby had already turned into goop. Uh, the baby had actually died at eight weeks, and my body didn't figure it out until week 13. Wow. And so the baby had already turned into jello. Um, I did have a very well-meaning friend say, well, you know, I know this couple, and they prayed for the baby mm. to be saved. And I was like, thank you for Smack. that. <laughs> no, you know what? She meant well, and she's a really um, optimistic person, and, and, I, and she, she meant well. And uh, But... Uh, yeah, it, it was a, a difficult time, but um, Aaron was with me, and I, and I do think, you know, Jesus w- was with us through it. And, you know, it, when, you, when you read the Bible, it's not full of happy people with happy lives. You know, when you look at the prophets, mm. they had some tough stuff happen. <laughs> you know, when you look at a, a, a lot of the people, both in the Old and New Testament, their lives are not sunshine and roses, and so we shouldn't be surprised. How often... Do you hear of adults um, all of a sudden getting epilepsy? I, for some reason, in the back of my head, I thought it was something you, you either had, yeah, you either yeah. had from young age. Or- well, I thought so too, and I think most people do think so too. And uh, I was absolutely shocked when I started having seizures. I started having this seizures. is three years ago. This is three years ago. Yeah, my uh, and I know that because my son. It's a little over three years ago because my son is a little over three. Uh, as soon as I stopped nursing my son, I started having seizures. Really? Like, What's the correlation there? Um, they're not sure. And um, I know that you can't show a shrug on the air, but uh, just imagine a doctor going, eh. I asked him, how did, how did this happen? After a month of trying to go through the healthcare system, you know how it is, how you have to keep pushing at the healthcare system to get a good diagnosis. I said, why did this happen? And he, he shrugged and he said, we don't know. He said, unless you hit your head there's no known cause and he said and he did tell me that there are people who develop it in their 30s and he says he had said that he sees quite a few people who develop it in their 30s and it's certainly inconvenient yeah (laughs) i don't like it no Um, does it come on with stress uh it can how are you feeling about doing the interview uh well i was a little bit nervous about like oh man what if i see they have a seizure on air yeah it's not good radio well, you know what? If TV, yeah. it's good TV. It's great TV. Yeah. I know. Was it was it Kelly Osbourne who had a seizure on TV? Possibly. She might have. I, yeah. I, I think so. I think it was it was her her who had a seizure on TV, and it was very very interesting for the people who watched that. Um, but yeah, if I was having a seizure, I would space out, and you'd see me flapping my hands. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what Tim does every show. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I push all the wrong buttons. <laughs> Um, Emily, what a story! It's fair. It is very interesting. There's um, so many facets to it, and I'm I'm really thankful. I know that you're, you're you know well. Sorry, I don't really know you, but I know from what I know of you, you seem like the person who you're not thrilled about. You're not just you're not a spotlight seeker. Not really. I was actually really um, stunned that Christianity Today contacted me mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, we want to hear your story." 
Um, I had actually been. They found of, and they found the story through your husband's blog. They, I, I presume so. Right, right. <laughs> I actually didn't ask, but the interesting thing um, for me was that I had felt after um, seeing somebody's testimony in my church, yeah. I thought I got to do that because they keep asking, like, you know, if you have a story, bring it to us, and we'll yeah. we'll have you come on. I thought, you know, I should do that. It's been quite a few years now since I've become a Christian. Maybe maybe yeah. I should give that a shot. And about three or four days after I started writing it, I got an email from Christianity Today. Huh. And uh, I, after picking my job off the floor, uh, I said, yes, sure, I'll give it a go. Yeah. But yeah, it was not a, um, it was not a, you know what I need to do now? Get famous. That's yeah. what I. Well, thank <laughs> you. Thank, I really appreciate, because you just, you guys just, is, uh, where is A.A. Ron? Is he here? He is watching our three kids at Starbucks and possibly somewhere else now. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for making the drive in from, from London. I really appreciate well, that. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to be on. And just a little plug for Compassion, Compassion.ca, great organization, a uh, child sponsorship uh, advocacy group that I trust immensely, mm-hmm. Compassion.ca. Compassion.ca. Yeah. There you go. I just went, did you hear that? I, yeah, either that or the sound got switched. You well, you did your Mister Ed impersonation. I did the giddy up. That's like the nice. auditory thumbs up. There it is. Ooh, I like that. A short break. When we come back, Canadian jazz freak Mike Jansen. Nice 